couple of different places tonight. Second uh, Timothy, where we'll start at. Second Timothy, chapter number four. Second Timothy, chapter number four. Right, we got a, uh, we got one more. Is it one? We seven days till the the wanna starts back. Amen. So that'll be that'll be fun, and uh, get these kids. Yeah, yeah, I bet all that. Get these kids back going, and um, so I was studying reading a little bit in Second uh, Timothy. I've been reading a lot in the in the Kings, a lot in in the pastoral epistles. <clears throat> and um and and I'll I'll tell you why. Um did a study on this whole idea of a scorner and you know we did that this last Sunday and there's a lot that plays into serving the Lord that sometimes I don't know that we quite get our minds wrapped around but it's always a it's always a hard thing serving the Lord and I, I don't know, when I say that, I, I don't know how much of it I mean as far as serving the Lord is hard. Um, I would say maintaining my relationship with the Lord is the hardest thing about serving the Lord. Amen? Wouldn't you, wouldn't you say that maintaining your relationship with the Lord and keeping a relationship that's cultivated uh, that's that is that is an intimate relationship. Because this part, how many of you understand this part ain't hard, right? All this takes is a little bit of discipline. That's why the Pharisees were good at being Pharisees, because they had more discipline than they had anything else. That, that that's why you that's why the Pharisees only when they fasted they fasted certain days of the week. Uh, why? Well, they were more disciplined than other people was. It, it, I, th- I think sometimes we overlook at the disciplined nature of the Pharisees, and that's what made them look religious. This is really easy. Like, like coming to church on a Wednesday night is not hard. <laughs> Everybody understand that? That's, it's not hard. You say, well, it's hard for me. Well, you're probably not disciplined. Coming to church on Sunday morning, I mean, that. Honestly, it's a really easy thing to do. But maintaining a relationship with the Lord, that, that's, that's always going to be the biggest struggle in, in a personal relationship and in, a, in, in your walk with Jesus Christ. It's, that's always going to be the deal, no matter what. Okay. But the hardest part, the hardest part of ministry is serving the Lord with people because people are people. I'm a people's and you're people. You're always going to get varying types. And, and so I'm studying the Bible and I'm reading and, and, and there's some stuff that popped out popped out to me that I think that I think we need to look at tonight. And this may last longer and it may carry over even to a Sunday. I, I don't I don't know just yet. Are you are you in First Tim, uh, Second Timothy chapter four? Okay, we were gonna read uh, verse just start in verse number nine. Um, but how how many of you know? Let's 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 do a little Bible quiz real quick. Who was the book of Second Timothy written to? Say it loud and proud. Well, let's try one more time. Who was the book of Second? This is not a trick question. Who was the book of Second Timothy? Written to Timothy. Timothy. All right. Everybody, let's try one more time. Who was the book of 2 Timothy written to? Okay. If I said who was the book of Titus written to, you're going to say who? 
Not Timothy, but who? Titus. If I say the book of 1 Corinthians, who's it written to? Corinthians. Okay. So how many of you understand the addressee is a real big, the one being addressed is a real big deal. Everybody understand that? Okay. All right. So I want to, let's start in verse four. Let's start in verse one. We're going to start in verse one. And I want want you to see, um, I I want you to see something. I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth. And shall be turned into fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. So just understanding the language in verse 6, you should be able to pick up that, that Paul is ready to offer his body a living sacrifice literally. Like, I'm ready to be offered, I'm ready to die. He said, for the time of my departure is at hand. One, Paul is an old man, but Paul is fixing to be martyred. And he says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Now, those are, those are three real big statements that I hope I get to make. Amen. Anybody else with me? Boy, is there anybody else looking forward to their deathbed? And being able to look at their kids and say, man, I fought a good fight. Well, I finished, I finished my course, and, and, and I've kept the faith. And that's a big deal for me. I, I'm looking forward to being able to do that. And, and, and you say, man, I'm, I'm not really looking forward to dying. I'm looking forward to living my life and doing this right here. I'm not looking forward to dying. I don't want, I don't want to die. I, I'll be honest with you, I, crazy as this sounds, haven't I know I'm, I'm still raising kids, but I, I actually look forward to seeing what kind of kid, what kind of kids my kids are going to raise. But Paul is about to die. He is almost he's almost at the point of death, and it's it's a it's a big deal that you get this. Verse eight, he says, "Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness." which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not, and not to me only, but to all them also that love his appearing. Okay. Now he's, he's talking. He's talking to who? Let's say it one more time. Timothy. Timothy. Okay. Look at verse 9. Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. All right, do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. Paul's saying, man, I, I, Timothy, I, I, want, I want you to come to me. Why? Because I want to see you. Timothy, I want, I want you to come for me. He's an old man. Now, what, one thing you've got to remember is Paul is in prison too. He's in prison and he's about to be martyred. And, and what you've got to remember is this old man has raised Timothy in the faith. He's discipled Timothy. He's shown Timothy what it means to to be a pastor. He has raised Timothy and he's he's grown Timothy and nurtured Timothy up in the ministry. And Timothy is a trophy. He he is a trophy of God's grace in Paul's eyes. And he he just wants, do thy diligence, he just wants to see the guy one more time. The son of in the faith, Timothy. Do thy diligence to come, uh, to come shortly unto me. Now, now I want you to look at verse 10. He says, For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed into Thessalonica, Cretans to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee. For he is profitable to me for the ministry. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you'd bless uh, 
a simple Bible study, God, that, Lord, you uh, work within my heart and uh, developing me and showing me things. Uh, God, I, I thank you for letting the Holy Ghost use the Word of God and, and just unveil my eyes at certain times uh, for, for great things. Lord, I pray to you bless tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Paul has always been around men and women that have helped him in the ministry. It's always been a thing. Paul has always been raising people, men and women alike, that would, that would help him accomplish the ministry. And, 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 I, and I, want, I want to make sure that we all get that, that Paul, man, he is a great example of how all people in the ministry should be. Like, like, like Paul should all Paul is a great example of how all leaders are never going to be what they need to be unless there's some folks that will help them get the job done. And Paul, and, and I, I think it's a good, I think it's a good spot to say thank you to the ones, man, that, that have done that. That one have 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 been good at following the leader. And they have submitted to discipleship and what that means and the process of just getting around a leader that, hey, you know what, we got to get the job done. And it takes people to get the job done. Me and Dylan were talking the other day. And, you know, we, we, we have definitely overcome. There, the, there's a rule. There's a rule. That's, it's a common rule in most churches uh, that 90% of the people do, uh, that 10% of the people do 90% of the giving. That's, a, that's usually, in, your, in standard American church, 10% of the people do 90% of the giving. That is a standard. We're not that way here anymore, and praise the Lord. And I'm going to tell you, the only reason we're not is because of discipleship. It's the only reason that we're not. The absolute only reason we're not is because discipleship has taken root in a lot of people's lives. So we're not there anymore. Uh, we're, 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 more, we're more at the 60% uh, mark, which is ab absolutely unheard of, if you want to just be honest. Um, most people never get there. Most people never, never see that. But, but we're that way with a lot of things. We're that way with, with, with a lot of things in terms of people throwing in and helping, throwing in and doing stuff. And that's, the, that's usually the rule too, that 10% that of the people do 90% of the work. And that's not, that's not the case here either. And so I, I want to say that it is a good thing that we have had people that have bought into the ministry and bought into what it means to be full-fledged in the ministry of Jesus Christ and working in the ministry of Jesus Christ. And, and, and I, I, I can honestly say this. It, it, it is a pleasure to be around people that want to see the mission accomplished. And I, I hope I'm like Paul. Man, I, I hope, I hope I'm, I'm the, I, I hope when I'm, I'm dying, dude, that there's some things that I can recount in the ministry. Just like Paul did. I want you to think about it. He is about to be martyred. And, and all he can think about is the people that he served with in ministry. All he can do is recount. the And look, you, you, you hear those people in the ministry. And, and some are negative and some are positive. But all Paul is doing is recounting his life in the ministry. Why is that such a big deal? Well, because his life was consumed with making disciples. And his life was consumed with working with people that would work with people that would make disciples. And why is that such a big deal? Here's what, here's what I would say. Ask yourself the question. When you die, is that what you're going to think about? How cool it was to get to serve with some people and how bad it was. Hey, listen, even though, even though they, the, there, the, uh, there was people that went astray, you still got to recount in your life some things that went on. It's a big deal. I mean, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I really do think, and there's a... There's more of you in here than not. But, I, man, I'm going to tell you something. And I know I, I use them all the time. But I really do hope that when, I'm, when my eyes are growing dim, 
Man, I, I hope that I, I think about how, how sweet it was to dwell in unity with my brothers and my sisters in this room. I hope that I hope that I, I when I'm an old dude that and I and that I hope that I go back and and I think about the days that I I served in ministry with Sean Cobb. I real I mean I I I know some of you think man I don't think about that kind of stuff. It might be time to start thinking about that kind of stuff. Like it might be time for you to really pick out what's what what's going to be worth a memory to you. What is a memory? What is going to be worth a memory to hold on to? Is it going to be the days that we're in here serving Jesus Christ together? That we're out there serving Jesus Christ together? Or is it going to be? Is it going to be some something goofy? Is it? Gonna, how about this? Is it going to be regret? Because you didn't serve the Lord? Because this is what Paul's doing. He's recounting. He's saying, Timothy, uh, man, I, I, I want you, man, I want you, I want to see you again before I die. I want to see you one last time before I die. Why? Well, I, I want to look at there's three people that I want to look at now. We could look at more, but there's three that I want to look at, and I think they represent three different kinds, uh, three different kinds of service. And what's interesting is these three people, these kind of servants, they crossed, they crossed the mind of the Apostle Paul at the end of his life. Number one, uh, I, 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 number one, uh, when we're painting this whole picture, I want you to look at Demas. I want you to look at Demas. The Bible says, For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica. Demas. Demas is is you 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 could call Demas uh, the renegade servant, if you would. Now now I'll, before before you throw rocks at Demas, I've always been the dude throwing rocks at Demas. Like I had a coon dog one time, I couldn't stand so bad. I kept him because Sarah Joe loved him, but I couldn't stand him, and I named him Demas. And, and I swear, I was hoping one day Demas would run off and never come back. That's why I named De I named him Demas from the Bible. I could listen. I could. I for years I throw rocks at Demas. And look, Demas has some shortcomings and Demas has some flaws. But I want you to see this from the from the eyes of the Apostle Paul. Demas had a position one time that was second to none. Demas had a position at one time that was second to none. What, what was that position? He served in the ministry with one of the with the greatest missionary to ever live. Do you realize that? He served in the ministry hand in hand. And here he is at the end of Paul's life. He served with Paul in the, as a, as a, in the ministry with the greatest missionary to ever live. Why is that such a big deal? Well, for one, he still forsook Paul. And loved this present world. But make no mistake about it. He is a servant. You, do you understand where I'm going when I say that? Demas is a servant. just not a real good one. He started out good. You say, what, what, there's some things that you need to know about Demas. Colossians chapter number 4. Uh, if, if you got your Bible open, Bible app, uh, I, I, want you to, I want you to see this. Colossians 4 and verse 14. They're, they're not on the screen. He may be able to throw them up there pretty quick. But Colossians 4 and, and verse number 14. The Bible says, Luke, the beloved physician and Demas. 
the church, the letter written to the church at Colossae. The, the, you, you, remember, you remember how chapter 3 starts out? If you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Colossians 3 and Colossians 4 and verse 14 don't seem like they go together. Because it was the Apostle Paul that's writing this letter to the churches, to the church at Colossae. And, 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 and at the same time, here he is in verse 14, Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. Do you understand at this time that this letter's being written, Demas and Luke are with Paul, the one that is only left with Paul. Demas was with Paul. You know what Demas was? Demas was a worshiper of Jesus Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Jesus, Demas worshipped Jesus Christ. Demas helped Paul plant churches. Demas is in, Coloss uh, is in Colossians chapter number 4. And Paul is, Paul is putting him on a list with Luke and saying, Hey man, we greet you. Demas preached the gospel. Because you weren't you planting a church with Paul unless you preached the gospel. Demas witnessed to people. Demas had to have loved Jesus or Paul would have snipped that mug out. Do you understand what I'm saying? You don't get to run around with the Apostle Paul and be in prayer meetings with the Apostle Paul and be fake. Like Paul ain't putting up with that, right? I mean, if he thought there was an ounce of something that wasn't genuine in Demas, I'd say he called it out. At one time, you ready for this? You're going to love this one. At one time, Demas made a decision to give up his life to serve Jesus in full-time ministry. You see what happens? What's happening? Demas was with Paul planting churches. Demas, Demas at one time, at one time loved Jesus more than the world. And somewhere in the course of this whole thing. Somewhere in the course of this whole thing, at the end of Paul's life, he's recounting his life with Demas. And he's saying he loved something more than he loved Jesus. Look at, uh, look at Philemon chapter 1. That's a little harder to find. It's like that, like that page or two that you're like sticking together that you can't, that you can't ever get a hold of. Go to Hebrews, you went too far. Philemon, chapter 1, verse 23. There salute thee, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, Marcus, Artichesus, Demas, Lucas, my fellow laborers. Dudes that was plowing with Paul. Dudes that were, that were plowing with Paul, planting churches, witnessing the people, preaching the gospel. I mean, worshiping Jesus Christ. This is who my fellow laborers. This is the list he's in. But at the end of Paul's life, it was Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. 
having loved the world, the world that he lives in more than he loves Jesus Christ, more than he loves anything else. He has forsaken me. You know what? Demas forsook Jesus because he loved the world more than he loved Jesus Christ. Now, now I want to I, I want to just blast Demas right here, but it wouldn't do us any good to blast Demas because everybody in the room has thought about being Demas at one time or have been Demas at one time. Started out right, planting churches right, witnessing to people, preaching the gospel, and in your mind somehow or another, it's a crazy phenomenon how it happens. I think it goes back to what we said about maintaining the relationship and the intimacy with Jesus Christ. The pre- this present world, this present world that you're in, it creeps little by little by little by little. And you know what? It doesn't matter even when you're holding the hand of the Apostle Paul. Why? Because Paul couldn't keep the world out of, out of demons. Paul couldn't keep the world. Daniel, I can't keep the world out of you. Praise the Lord for accountability and for discipleship. But listen, the disciples in this room, you can't keep the world out of the people you're discipling. The only person that can do that is Jesus Christ. You, you, can get, you give them the Word of God, they're supposed to have the Holy Ghost in them, and the Holy Ghost is supposed to work, and the Word of God's supposed to work, and they're supposed to put, submit to, the, to, the, uh, to all of that and submit themselves to Jesus Christ. Amen? It's tough because the world has crept in on demons while he's serving with the strongest leader in the Bible outside of Jesus Christ. Think about that. He's serving. It, you know what it ought to do? Man, it ought to shake us a little bit that demons could be serving with the strongest leader in the Bible outside of Jesus Christ. And one day he comes to Paul. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he took the coward route. Packed his junk at night. Woke up the next morning and his tent was empty. Paul don't know where he's at, but he gets word. Man, I seen, I seen, I seen Demas. He's on his way. He's on his way to Thessalonica. He's he's going to he's Paul. Paul, he's tired of doing this. He's going to Thessalonica. But he was a servant. But I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> I got a soft spot just a little bit for Demas. Because I know what it's like to feel like Demas. But just not take the step Demas took. Everybody in the room, you realize that you probably felt like Demas. You just didn't, just didn't pack. You just about. You just didn't have the guts to pack your bag and leave. you just like, nah, I ain't going to do that. It didn't have nothing to do with Jesus. It just You just didn't do it. Everybody understand? There's some things you just don't do that ain't got nothing to do with Jesus. There's some of you in here used to do drugs. You just don't do them now. I used to drink alcohol. I just don't do it. Yeah, I, there, there's times I'm like, you know what? That wrecked my life. Does it all the time have to do with Jesus? Probably not. Just the right thing to do is not drink alcohol. Well, not get drunk for sure. Amen. We got to be careful. We got to be careful. We got to be humble enough to realize that we got to take heed lest we fall. Amen. Let, let me look at this second servant, and we're, we're, we got to get through this. Let's, let's look at this second servant. We're going to look at Mark. 
So back in, in, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, we'll, we'll look at Luke last. We'll look at Mark. Only Luke is with me, verse 11. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Now, what, what's interesting is you've you got to see you got to see who Mark was. So go to Acts chapter number 12. Acts chapter number 12. You've got to see, you gotta see who, who Mark was at one time. Now, you've you got to get Mark too. Mark's a big one too. You've got to get Mark too. Uh, and so Acts chapter 12. If you're in Acts chapter 12, say amen. 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 All right. All right. So, and Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem. When they had fulfilled their ministry and took with them John, whose surname was Mark. Okay, big deal. Mark is in the ministry with Paul and, uh, and, uh, with, with Paul and uh, Barnabas. Now, look with me at Acts chapter 15. Uh, flip over just a few pages. Acts chapter 15 and verse 37. Acts chapter 15 and verse 37. And Barnabas determined to take with them, uh, to take with them, now this is their second missionary journey, okay? Barnabas, this was going to be Barnabas and Paul's second missionary journey. Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought it not good to take him with them who departed from them in Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. Okay, pay attention real close right here. Paul said, we're not taking Mark. At least Mark ain't going with me. Why ain't Mark going with you? Well, he departed from them in Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. So uh, the first missionary journey, he started with them, but he departed from Pamphylia. Well, now, we don't know why. We don't know why he departed. What we do know is he departed from them, Pamphylia, and he went, with, he went not with them to the work. Are you ready? Look, look, look in, in verse 39. And the contention was so sharp between them That they departed asunder one from another. Who? Paul and Barnabas. They split. Paul and Barnabas split. They were together on the first missionary journey. Uh, they split on their second missionary journey. And look what happened. So Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. And Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren under the grace of God. Okay? Why, why, why is all this such a big deal? Why is, why is all of this right here such a... I think Shane out there. Uh, why is all this such a big deal? Well, because you need, you need to see that, 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 that God used Mark on their first missionary journey in the life of Paul. Does that make sense? So he used him. But then, whatever Mark did, Mark, is, Mark has failed Paul in some way. Does, that, does everybody understand that? Everybody understands that Paul wouldn't be so ticked off at Mark if Mark hadn't failed Paul in an unreal way. Does everybody understand that? Amen? Is that, everybody tracking with that? So there's a big problem with Mark because Paul says, Hey man, you really jacked us up on this first deal. You're not going on the second one. But Barnabas... Bar, you know, Barnabas is like, man, we need to give him another shot. Let's give him another. He, he's probable for the ministry. Let's give him another shot. So, so Paul says, no, we're not doing that. So uh, Barnabas and, and Mark, they take off and they go do their thing. And Paul and Silas take off and they go do their thing. Okay? Now, what's really cool about this deal is that even though, remember, we're at the end of the life of Paul. Right? Uh, in, 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 in 2 Timothy 4, we're at the end of the life of Paul. What's really cool about this thing is that there is a servant that in some way, some shape, some form, has changed. His name's Mark. Mark's changed in the heart of Paul. 
Why, why, all right, so here's what I think. Here's what I think happened. I think that on the second missionary journey, when, when, when Paul and when Barnabas and Mark went, I think that, that Mark proved himself with Barnabas. Now, there's a couple interesting things. Colossians 4 in verse number 10 says, Archippus, my fellow prisoner, and you can just you can listen to this, uh, or you can turn there if you want to, whatever you want to do. Archippus, my fellow prisoner, saluteth you, and Marcus, that's Mark, sister's son to Barnabas. Okay? So, so, so here, Paul, you remember? Paul's writing to the church of Colossae. And he's saying, Archippus, my fellow servant, uh, my fellow prisoner saluted you, and Marcus. So, and Marcus. So, it, Marcus is back in, Mark is back in the game. Okay? He is Barnabas's cousin. Uh, but, but look, look what else happens. Look, look how... First uh, Peter chapter five. First Peter chapter five. You can turn there. You can just listen. The church that is at Babylon, elected together with you, saluteth you, and so does Marcus, my son. So he's profitable to Barnabas. He's profitable to uh, to Peter. And I think another interesting thing to 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 look at. is that this dude failed miserably. He, he, he fractured the relationship between Paul and himself. But he had an opportunity to prove himself. So there's a couple things that I think we need to take away from this. Never... Never count anybody out completely. Give them a chance to prove themselves. That's exactly what Paul did. Paul, Paul, Paul would have, you know what Paul would have done? Brother Daniel, here, here's something I think we all need to, we all need to take into, into account. Paul would have violated his own conscience if he would have went and served with Mark. You realize that? Even at, at the request of Barnabas, Paul would have violated his conscience. God never called us to violate our conscience. Paul would have violated his conscience if he'd have went and served with Mark. So what happens? He goes and serves with Barnabas. He proves himself out, and what happens through the proving process? The relationship is restored. So we need to learn that God can still use people that failed. Amen? They have failed the ministry. They have walked out on the ministry. God can still use people that have walked out on the ministry. Left us hanging high and dry. Anybody ever been done that way in the ministry? I mean, left you hanging high and dry. But God can still use those people to come back and be profitable. Here's another thing I'm, I've seen. God... God let Paul, God let Paul make whatever that relationship was with them right before he wrote this. So Paul's on his deathbed, right? He's on his deathbed. He's, he's about to die. He's not on his deathbed. He's, he's, he's about to be killed, okay? So he's about to be martyred. He's an old dude, but he's about to be martyred for preaching the gospel. And he says... Mark is profitable. Take, take Mark. He's profitable. Now, why, how does he know he's profitable? Because he's seen, himself, he's seen Mark prove himself out. Now, what's, what's interesting is Paul is a great example of a person that has a contention, that has a strong... The Bible says that there was, there was a sharp contention between Barnabas and Paul over Mark. Mark was a problem child. But here's what you need to see. Paul had no problem making his relationship right with Mark when it concerns the ministry after Mark had proved himself. Does that make sense? For real. That's got to make sense. If that don't make sense, none of the rest of it does. He, he, God allowed Mark to prove himself with Barnabas. And then in turn, the dude 
this guy Paul sets an example for me and you to be long-suffering and not just be long-suffering, but be forgiving. So whatever, whatever happened with them, it was a big deal. And, but, but Paul makes whatever relationship they have, he restores it back to right. How do I know that? Do you think under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost of God that God would have let that be written if they hadn't have been right with each other before that ever got there? No, 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 no. That, that, that's not the way God works. God ain't going to just out of the blue let Paul... Uh, like, would it have been a shock to Mark to see that? That ain't the way God works, right? Amen? So, so, so I, think it, I think it's interesting to, to see that there are going to be people that fail that need to be restored. You ready? But first have to prove themselves before they're restored. And that's okay. And that should be commended. And when people do prove themselves and they are restored, guess what? We should give them a place back in the ministry. Why? Well, just, just like Paul said, take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. So another kind of servant. First kind of servant, loves Jesus, starts out right. Starts out doing his thing. He, the wheels run, slap off his wagon, and he goes back to the world. I fully believe he loved Jesus. But he loved this present world more than he loved Jesus. Mark is the dude that, that loved Jesus, started out right, had some petty something and probably some petty something other go on, uh, and he leaves the crew hanging high and dry. Uh, later on, he, he's restored his relationship. Stored back. And, then, and then there's this last one. Uh, and man, I, I want to be this dude. Uh, only Luke is with me. Only Luke is with me. Luke started strong. And Luke finished strong. Um, Acts chapter 16. Let's... let's Flip over there, and, and I'm gonna I'm 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 gonna show you, I'm gonna show you how Luke started, and and, and I'm gonna try to finish in in just a few minutes, just a couple of minutes. Dylan's always been running long anyway, so he's been long winded as all get out here lately. Um, look look at look at Acts chapter sixteen verse seven. After they were come to Massa, they essayed to go to, into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. And they passing by Massa came down to Troas, and a vision appeared unto Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision... I want you to look at this. Look at what happens after he had seen the vision immediately. What's that next word? We. We endeavor to go into Macedonia. Assuredly, gathering that the Lord hath called us for to preach the gospel to them. You may tell you why Luke was the only one with him. Because Luke started with an, with an idea that it didn't have to be him in the forefront. God didn't give Luke the vision. But he bought into the vision. 
God didn't have to give Luke the vision. The Bible says that he gave Paul the vision and that that Luke was so bought into the Macedonian call that he said he called us. He called us. He didn't call Paul. He called us. That's what happened. He called us into this thing. He called us to the ministry. He called us to preach the gospel unto them. Man, it's got to be a deal to where God's called you. Like you ain't going to get out because God... Listen, God, God called me. I'm not getting out because of you. So only, only Luke's with me. Why? Because he bought into this thing. And he didn't have to see the vision and be a part of the vision. No, he didn't have, He heard God call him though. He, he, didn't, have to, he didn't have to be there and in, 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 in hearing all of that. No, no, no. He got it in his soul. And he got it deep in his soul. God's called me to preach the gospel. And I'm, I'm going with Paul. So it gets deep in you. It could be a Demas. It could be a, a Mark. Even though Mark came back, I don't want to be a Mark. Amen. I definitely don't want to be a Demas. How many of you know we ought to open our doors and our arms when Mark's come back? We ought to still love Demases, even though they're stupid. Even though Demas is stupid. Seriously, I'm not just I'm not just being funny there. Hey, Demas is dumb. We ought to love Demas. We ought to love Mark when he comes back. Make sure we love Mark when he's proved himself and we, we accept Mark. But boy, wouldn't it be cool if we could just buy in to the vision for ourselves? I seen one more thing truly really interesting about Luke. Uh, flip over a couple of chapters to chapter 27. Acts <clears throat> right, chapter 27. Remember, the the book of Acts is written by Luke. And when it was determined, this is Luke writing, it was determined that we should sail into Italy. They delivered Paul and certain other prisoners under one named Julius and the centurion of of Augustus' band. Verse 27, the Bible says, where Peter's right, I mean, where Luke is right, and he says, we launched. Skip down with me to verse number 3. The Bible says, the next day we touched at Sidon. Verse number 4, and it says, and we had launched from thence. Verse 5, and he said, we had sailed over the Sea of Sicilia. Verse, uh, verse number 6, the latter part, and he put us therein. Verse number 7, the Bible said, and we had and, and when we had sailed, when we had sailed, verse, skip down with me to verse number 15. And when the ship was caught, we could not bear up the wind, we let her drive. Verse 18. And we being exceedingly tossed with the tempest. Verse 37 says, And we were all in the ship, 203 score and 16 souls. Why is that such a big deal? Because it takes a dude that's willing to withstand the storm with you. 
if you're ever going to make it. You got to have a person. You got to have a heart that says, you know what? We're going to weather the storm together. That's what happened with, with, with that's what's happening with Paul. Paul is weathering the storm of his life, but yet he's got Luke with him to weather it. Why do you think Luke stayed? Because Luke didn't bail when it got hard. I, I mean, they're fixing a they're fixing a martyr, Paul. And Luke's the only one there. Hardest time of hardest time of Paul's life, and Luke is the only one there. You say, there's three kind of servants. There's, there's those like Demas, and they're, they're hardcore going the other way. At one, at the, start out good, love Jesus, plant churches, disciple people, witness, preach the gospel, and go the other way. Then there's Mark, and, 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 and there's, there's a, a, a little old riff happens somewhere, and they leave, and they come back. And praise the Lord for them kind of people. But then there's those that I want to be, and I want to be the dude, like Luke, that just don't go nowhere. I just, I just want to be the guy that's there for the ministry, like that's there for the sake, and look, and I, 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 I'm not, I'm, I'm probably being, um, I'm, pro it's probably a little bit of a pipe dream, but I want to be the guy that that ends with 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 some of the same people I started with. I want to be the dude that ends with some of the figure out a way to end with some of the same people we started with. Why? Well, I just think it's special kind of servants that that happens to. And I want you guys to be that. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for a glimpse into the life of these men. And although they're not perfect, and some of them are, are what you call negative to the nth degree, God, help us to understand, Lord, that you, you, have, you have Demas's. And God, we're supposed to love them. God, you got you got marks, and and Lord, we're supposed to be long suffering, and we're supposed to have our doors and our arms open for any mark that would come back to be profitable for the ministry. And Lord, you got you got those like Luke, Lord, that just never seem to go away. God, give us that. Give us, give us a heart like Luke that is determined that we aren't going anywhere. Lord, that our testimony throughout the ages would be steadfast, that our eyes were fixed on, our eyes were fixed on Jesus Christ. Lord, bless what was said tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, I love you.